Welcome to Shorts. The part of the show where we regularly interrupt your scheduled programming to bring you content of relative interest. Thanks for listening. Russia party is claiming overwhelming victory in regional elections held across the country and in parts of occupied Ukraine. The international community and monitoring groups say these so-called elections were rigged and an outright sham. There was limited choice in many places with opposing candidates blocked from running. now, which has launched a substantial attack on the Russian Black Sea Fleet. Moscow says Ukraine attacked Sevastopol with 10 cruise missiles and three unmanned boats. Russia's all right, all right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, the Anavivo podcast. Today, I am here with you live on beautiful Woodby Island. Sunny and warm, and what you were just listening to were some of the latest updates on the war in Ukraine. The war in Ukraine and Russia, and basically all of the peninsula there. For those of you who have not been living under a rock the last year and a half, we have been um, following this story closely around the world. I'm here joined today by none other than my cohort, Sizzly Steve. What it do? And we are going to be talking a little bit about the war in Ukraine. Now, I'm not going to put a date on this episode because I want this to be more of a thought study, a case study, and not a relevant news update. You can continually be following the news, whatever news source or media outlet you prefer. Um, but what we want to talk about is some of the some of the big picture items here uh, that influence and have been influencing uh, this this significant issue that has really um, sadly put a lot of lives, uh, a lot of people that are not uh, not involved or shouldn't be involved in the war and, and has affected them in, in ways that are um, absolutely catastrophic, tragic, and um, and even have resulted in their death. So one of the questions we've been tasked with is, should we, as the U.S., provide more aid to Ukraine? And for those of you, again, who've been watching this, you've seen that we have been providing uh, millions, billions in aid to Ukraine. And... Um, and so that's one of the questions we want to answer today. Yeah, so let me share what Google says about the situation going on in Ukraine. <laughs> so I asked Google to explain, like I'm a five-year-old, the mm. situation in Ukraine. And this Good is call. what it says. Sure, imagine you and your friend are playing in the park. Your friend has a toy you really want, and you ask them to share it with you. They say no, and you get angry. You start to shout and scream. You even try to take the toy by force. Your friend gets scared and runs away. That's a little bit like what's happening between Russia and Ukraine. Russia wants Ukraine to be its friend, but Ukraine doesn't want to be friends with Russia. Russia's really angry about this and trying to force Ukraine to be friends with it by using violence. Mm. And what the story has failed to show is that they're not just two people on that playground, but an entire <laughs> playground full of other children all around that are being killed and or uh, um, destabilized, losing their homes, their livelihood, their jobs, their their investments and savings 
all around them while these two are going at it. Yes. So Google <laughs> continues to say Russia is the bigger, stronger country. It has a lot of power over Ukraine, sent soldiers into Ukraine, is bombing, shelling cities, and millions of people have been forced to flee their homes. Mm. The situation is very complicated. It's not clear how it will end, but one thing is for sure, Russia is in the wrong. Oh, Google. <laughs> wow. Taking a hardline opinion. Yes. Interesting. Now, that is an unusual uh, now that's their AI flip that, of the so. story for Google to... Um, to actually have an opinion like that. Wow. So uh, the U.S., speaking of sending aid to Ukraine, obviously on the world stage, Ukraine looks like the innocent people because they're getting invaded. Right. They're being invaded. They're small. Yeah. They're just a friendly group of people. They didn't ask to be invaded. Um, And now, you know, millions of people are suffering because of it. So whoever is right or wrong in this situation... Is besides the point, Is beside the point, yeah, because millions of people are dying. Right. So everybody's wrong. Um, the U.S. has stepped in on on behalf of Ukraine um, because, in the public eye, Ukraine is the innocent one, yep. and so they have committed over fifty billion dollars mm-hmm. to aid Ukraine. And and because also war is profitable, right? We we know that, which is which is why we we. We remain in it <laughs> most of our time. We so we pulled out of Afghanistan. We needed somewhere to to um, uh, keep the cogs of war moving, and so this became the new shiny object. And like you said, it, they seem innocent as well. So we seem heroic. There's a lot of good optics in this. There's a lot of good ways for people to make money in this. And so, yeah, would you say fifty plus billion dollars? Yeah, up, wow. it's up to fifty four billion dollars as of last month. Wow, and that's in you know, actual cash funds, it's in rocket systems, anti-tank, you know, weapons. Um, they We sent over $2 billion for them to purchase a new rocket boosted that can strike targets yeah. 100 miles away. Um, so we just give them uh, tons of tons of weapon systems and stuff like that, and then just cash money. Yeah. So why, what do we get out of it other than public optics? I couldn't tell you. I could tell you money but that's a different topic (laughs) just from the sanctions no i mean i mean everybody who studies uh foreign policy and economics will know that war is profitable and so yeah but so being able to send that money requires i mean just there's so many different ways we could go with this but but one 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 small example is just think about the jobs that are created for people who are building the pieces of things that we're sending over there or whose job it is is to go over and actually delegate and handle the money or oversee this. But when you say it's profitable, it's profitable to these businesses. It's not, it's the opposite of profitable to the government. We no, 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 no. $50 billion. Dollars. No, no, no. It's it's actually incredibly profitable. This is a totally different topic we can get into monetary. Is it because we are asking for something in exchange? Uh, well, there's there's part of that too, but also we're justifying increased taxes. How, how does a government, there's a really good um, short YouTube video on this that I'll link to the podcast here, but how, how does a government, how does any government or country or kingdom make money? Off its constituents. Off its people, right? Through taxation. So um, being able to justify those taxes and then also increase them is almost one of the primary goals of any, any company, in this case a government, 
And so they do that through war. One of the ways they do that is through war. Okay. Well, so um, we have spent billions on Ukraine. Yes. It's the end of that topic. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, debate too, right, between the people of America, the people of Ukraine, the people of Russia, not the governments themselves of like, should we continue sending more money? Should we not? Should we help them? You know, the, in our Christian circles, there's so much um, missions-related work that has been done with the refugees uh, from both countries and, and the surrounding nations that have been impacted through this as well. So there's a lot of emotion, a lot of actual good that's happening, a lot of um, a lot of debate uh, between the people groups themselves of like, is this okay? Should we continue this? Um, the government's even th- talking about imposing a no-fly zone over Ukraine. Um, yeah, which I think we got that wrong. I think when we were talking earlier about what a no-fly zone is, me and you or yeah, the government? me and oh. you. I think we got that wrong. Because a no-fly zone, for what they're talking about, is shoot down everything that flies. That's mm. not American. Right. Okay. Yeah, so the, so what's the, the question is, should, should they, should us as America impose that on Ukraine or Russia, or should they impose that? So Ukraine is begging us for it. Mm, they're begging it. us for it. And yeah. the U.S., <clears throat> says no, because obviously it's an act of war. And so there's a quote from um, U.S. Air Force General Philip Breedlove, uh, who's a guest on NPR, said, a no-fly zone, if it's truly a military no-fly zone, is essentially an act of war, because that means you're willing to enforce it, meaning those who violate it, you would shoot at. Mm-hmm. And probably what would happen even before that is there are defense systems in the enemy territory that can fire into the no-fly zone, and we'd have to go in and take those systems out. Right. Which would mean bombing into enemy territory. So no-fly zone is a big step, and we all acknowledge that. Right, right, right. Yeah, so do they want, you know, does do we as Americans want to be dragged into this actual war, even though we are in it now by playing chess and using Ukraine as a proxy? Do we want to physically be part of that? Yeah, do we even have soldiers over there right now? We do? Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, if... If we were to do that, we would then declare war on Russia, which yeah. essentially we're a silent partner of right. Ukraine. That's yeah, warring war. on them. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. So I think <laughs> my opinion is my, <laughs> sizzly Steve. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> we should be the adult in the room and tell them to <laughs> knock it off, not you know keep funding one of the children. <laughs> Mom, he's taking my toys. Well, I'm going to help him take your toys or vice versa. I'm going to give you more toys. (laughs) Yeah, like I'm going to give you more toys that you can take. So it's like be the adult in the room. I mean, we have the United Nations should be stepping up and saying enough is enough. Knock this war off. And part of that is the debate over whether we should um, pull Russia from the the G20. And, you know, the the 20 largest economies here, should they be expelled from that? And, And that's kind of one of those ways that you're describing of us being the adult is saying, hey, we're not going to go to war with you, but we are going to slap these sanctions on you. We are going to um, expel you from the trading table, you know, and and I think there's a role for us in that as one of the largest economies and also for China. Um, But but again, everybody's got their own, um, everyone's got their own motivations, right? For good or for bad, you know, what's China's motivation? What's 
America's motivation. What is, uh, we just heard on the news, um, Kim Jong-un is coming over from North Korea to visit with Vladimir Putin. Um, and so in, into Russia. So what are, what is their motivation? You know, so everybody's got their own motivation that they bring to the table, but, uh, but there are ways, like you said, that that I think all of these larger, more influential countries can um, influence, for better or for worse, through sanctions or through expulsion or through, like, maybe the United Nations. Um, yeah. I mean, they tried. They, we've done sanctions on them already. Mm-hmm. But the problem with Europe is 90% of all their um, fossil fuels come from Russia. Mm-hmm. And so they just stopped shipping fossil fuels to Europe and Europe <laughs> said, Oh my goodness, we still need this. So yeah, uh, you can do sanctions, all that stuff, but R- Russia really doesn't care, <laughs> care <laughs> because um, China is their ally. So while we're right. secretly, not secretly, while we're privately funding behind the scenes, Ukraine, China's doing the same thing with Russia. And right. So right. yeah. Um, I don't think Russia's taken a hit at all on any of the sanctions we've imposed. No, no. Yeah, and and that's what I was getting at with. So it's called a proxy war where we see larger influential countries wage war with each other through smaller, insignificant to them countries. Yeah. And we, we've seen this with China and Venezuela a lot where they will use Venezuela um, to impose uh, their will on on their people um, and their one belt initiative. I mean, there's a lot more we could go into about China, uh, but um, string of pearls and owning all of the ports and, and things, but, but that's, you know, back to the motivation thing. That's, that's where it all comes down. Is like, where's everybody's motivation? Who can we trust in this? And what is the right thing to do? And we hit on this on a previous episode, but, but I think it come it has to come down to the people. There's, there's all of these relationships, all of these, bystanders who are being, I mean, millions or, or billions of people being affected by uh, this conflict. And for whatever noble, quote, noble purposes a country may have to wage war or to continue these um, these atrocities, uh, is it no way justified at the expense of their people? And so from the missional perspective, the things that last – we, we can go back in history and see countries being taken over forever since the dawn of time. And, you know, new statues being erected over the sites of old statues and new leaders being erected over that. But but the people are always the ones that bear the burden of these transitions. And so what is our role as Christ followers in helping those that um, that are being affected by this? And so I think while the U.S. may be sending billions of dollars to aid war efforts— or China is sending billions of dollars to aid war efforts on the other side. We, as non-citizens, as citizens of of a supernatural, spiritual country, can go in and also send millions, if not billions, uh, in aid to the people themselves. And you know, you take out that component of Christianity in anything, and it gets real dark real quick. I mean, yeah. Why would you help your neighbor? When you can help yourself. <laughs> oh yeah. So, I mean, praise be to God for his long suffering and, and allowing, um, his patience with us to help extend that patience to others. But man, you could, you could get real dark real quick. So, so we've talked a little bit about countries and, and, and their motivations and, and, uh, the, the mindset of scarcity and greed that, that 
happens there. Talk to me about corporations and their role. We see big name players like Elon Musk involved somehow in the war with Ukraine and Russia. And so what is a corporation's role? What is their motivation? What has he been doing, maybe him specifically or, or other corporations? Um, and what does that look like going forward? Yeah, so the government, U.S. government has funded you know billions to the Ukraine, but there's also the individuals who have supported, like Elon Musk, but like um, Mr. Beast from YouTube. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, runs a giant philanthropy company and has sent millions of dollars worth of food over there to the refugees and that kind of stuff. So <clears throat> there is more than just what the governments are sending. There's the Red Cross and there's, you know, missionaries and stuff like that sending their own money and time and food and stuff like that to right. help these people. But Elon Musk um, owns Starlink, which is the satellite internet company um, that goes around the whole world and it's over top of uh i don't know the 49th parallel is that where it's hovering um and i think that's over ukraine as well and so they ukraine a uh, year or two years ago asked for internet coverage because their land lines and everything were getting blown up mm-hmm. and so they had no communications between their um bases and that kind of stuff and so uh ukraine being the public innocent guy Mm -hmm. it was good optics for elon to say yes let me help you out yeah so maybe that was some of the motivation yes so he uh did that gave them access to a starlink and um then soon realized that with great power comes great responsibility (laughs) and so um his whole view was i want to give you communication you shouldn't be out of the out of communication, you need to know what's going on in your country. But I don't want to give you this internet access to use it to attack people. Right. Um, and so last year, Elon Musk got notified by a um, friend of his that, hey, there's going to be an attack on the Black Sea, a Russian fleet in the Black Sea, and uh, Ukraine is going to try to use your Starlink to mm. fly drones over there and, and blow them up. Mm-hmm. And so he shut that down, uh, shut down Starlink for Ukraine uh, during that attack. And so Ukraine is very upset with him. It's been a year now. Um, but it, it's, you know, he gave them access to the internet. For free. He, for free. He doesn't have to give them anything more. <laughs> Should... You know, Ukraine be attacking things of Russia? Should Russia be attacking things of Ukraine? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's not Elon Musk to say, I'm going to help attack Russia or I'm going to help this. So I think it was a good move on him to pull out of that. Mm. But yeah, what is the responsibility of these big, you know, super powerful people? I think if you have the power to step in and you do step in, then you should be, you know, checking over your shoulder to make sure that what you gave to them is not being used maliciously or whatever. Right. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I forget what the name of the movie was, but there was a, a great movie that came out years ago where it was post-apocalyptic, uh, basically in the future, corporations ran the world, not countries. Um, 
And so this is a good example, you know, of like, okay, where, where do we find limits in that? Where does their domain? And we, we can see on a map the borders of America physically, and then we can overlay the world with the influential borders of America, and we can see that. And same with China and same with Russia. And, and so where does that extend to a company like Coca-Cola or Starlink? You know, where does their physical border begin and end? Where does their influence begin and end? And therefore, what are their roles and responsibilities in governing and um, and war and alleviating suffering? And so it's it's easy for us to say, oh, yes, great job alleviating suffering, but no, don't go to war. And so I, I think, you know, it all, it all comes back to what you personally believe in your core value and, and how you're raised. And, uh, you know, are you a Christ follower? Do you believe in, in religion? Are you a religious person or do you believe, um, you know, that this is all we have? And, and back to, you know, we did an episode on, uh, on climate change. And, and if this is all you have, if the world is all you have, then absolutely build up your greatest defense, um, defend it and the resources you have because they're finite. And, uh, and, and by that end, it absolutely justifies taking over somebody else's sandbox for their resources. But if you have a mindset of abundance, if you have a mindset of, hey, there is something beyond this, it allows us to live in harmony with our neighbors, be it physically here in the cul-de-sac or, um, or physically here in the world with our neighbors around us. And so, Walls and borders and um, and governments and individual governments are built because of the sin in the world, because of the greed of mankind. And so, being being a little bit of light, a little bit of hope, a little bit of peace in that, um, as a citizen of Christ, is is I think our role, one of our roles, uh, in bringing about peace and hope to those around us. So. Where does that, where does that, what does that look like with corporations? I think it comes to the personality. If Elon Musk himself is a is a Christian, great, his corporation will follow suit, and he'll extend that to alleviate the suffering and give people internet and and connectivity and connecting with loved ones and withhold from war, you know, or or things like that. If he's not, if it's if it's for you know ulterior motives and and uh, shareholders and and things like that, then uh, you know it could go any number of ways, but. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this continues to play out as more countries are getting involved. What does this look like? It'll be interesting for my kids to go back and read the history books on this too and say, was this the start of World War III? Was this, were we in it and we didn't know it yet? You know, like America was in World War II, but wasn't in it until the world was in World War II, but America wasn't in it until, um, you know, the attack on Pearl Harbor, you know? And so what, what is this, what? Well, the, what does our future hold? What this war this has been like? going so, on for like eight years now, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, conflict has been going the on. The conflict, for eight years. yeah, yeah, a couple of years for the actual, um, what they would call a war, but yeah, interesting. Yeah. What is the role of anyone with power to help or hinder? I mean, it's like, like you said, it's if your intentions are good, I'd say you have the responsibility to step in. Yeah, but if your intentions are bad, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm look, looking at like the UN is the parent, and these kids are fighting. That someone should step in, mm-hmm. not just monetarily and and pick a side, but step in on behalf of the world and say, "This isn't helping anyone, but 
if I guess it's helping. Yeah, I guess it's helping money. It's, it's lining pockets. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, that's another topic we could go down. Is the the role of the UN is as um, as we've seen both good and bad things from the UN and their perceived control of the world as a one world government and um, and and who determines what is actually right or wrong. And so you know, for better or for worse, they are branded as peacekeepers. And so, yes, they, you know, they should have a role in this uh, to step in and, and play that part. But but ultimately it comes down to the the darkness of a man's heart and the um, the greed for wanting something that they don't have and, uh, and the pride of man. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. See how this plays out. But uh, for those listening in and uh, for those continuing to take uh, an ear to the coverage of the conflict overseas and that could very well be uh, here someday, uh, remember, you have a choice. You have a choice to let fear dictate and guide your life and therefore your actions and and what happens. And we've seen that in COVID when um, when people had so much fear of the unknown that they their actions resulted in greed and and uh, fighting for their own, uh, or you can take a mind of heart, a mind of peace, and a heart of of hope, and um, trust in something that's everlasting, an anchor for the soul that goes before us through the veil, and uh, is our great high priest before God, and that is the man and Lord and God Jesus Christ. So, um, thanks for listening again, and uh, as always. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Anavivo podcast. We welcome your feedback and ideas. You can learn more about us by simply Googling the word Anavivo. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. I am a licensed real estate broker with Compass Real Estate and a nationwide real estate matchmaker. We consult with you for free, find and vet the right real estate professional that specializes in the area and niche you need, are paid by that professional, and they get clients like yourself who want and need their unique specialty or winning track record. If you or someone you know is in the market to buy or sell real estate anywhere in the U.S., don't simply web search the highest paying advertiser. Let us use our licensed experience to find and vet the real and best professional for you. It costs you nothing but a phone call or email with me and it saved my clients financially and emotionally. I'd be honored to serve and you can reach me direct by email at tim.c.miller at outlook.com. And as always, to God be the glory.